Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Hi and welcome to the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier, here of course for the Committee for Wyndham. And if you'd like to know more about the Committee for Wyndham and maybe even become a member if you're not already, all you have to do is jump on the website or on the Facebook page or the social media platforms and you'll get all the details of how to become a member, the benefits of becoming a member, and there are some special member-only offers available uh, and uh, some great insights into the uh, City of Wyndham as well. All you have to do is jump on uh, those uh, social media platforms, the website, or the Facebook page and uh, check it all out. You can also uh, check out uh, becoming a sponsor of this podcast. Speaking of this podcast, today we're going to meet Samuel Fragapani, a very well-known name in the city of Wyndham for many, many years now. And of course, Samuel is the uh, manager of All Green Nursery and Garden Supplies in Old Geelong Road, a great history in the city of uh, Wyndham and in uh, the old Werribee as it was and in Hoppers Crossing. So let's get to Samuel and have a chat to him about what's going on uh, in these very uh, testing times for us all at All Green Nursery and Garden Supplies. Well, thanks for joining us on the Talking Wyndham podcast. How are you, Samuel? Very good. Very good. Um, we're living in a different world now, and I'm assuming that it's had uh, enormous consequences for, for yourself and, and for your business. Can you take us through uh, what COVID-19 has meant to uh, All Green Nursery? Um, oh, well, going back in now first lockdown of four, um, it really changed the way we started thinking internally about how we have to, to go about things as it did for a number of businesses last year. And one of the things that it probably made us do was um, just rethink how we were we were operating at that period of time and and really take the, the dive into things that we had thought about um, in the past and really just implement them. Yeah. Um, during that period of time. Are you talking predominantly about online, uh, the, the online part of your business? No, because we predominantly went down an online route of the in-store experience and trying to provide people with an understanding of what we can provide when you come in-store and then bring that experience with our nursery side of things in particular to the on-site experience with horticulturalists on-site and, and plants are a touch and feel sort of um, product line. Yeah, um, so the the online side of things took a different path in regards to implementing some um, oh, some apps that we were able to, to talk live to people in that period of time because okay. the demand did go yeah the demand did go um, oh, off its head really in that period of time for gardening purposes. So it was just another avenue to capture people's uh, inquiries in that period of time. That's really interesting because a lot of people talked about the fact that, yes, we've got out, you know, we had all this time on our hands, so we were watching Netflix and we were going into the garden a lot more, but that actually was fact. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, plants, nature and the well-being, like, the mental well-being of people as well, that really started to have an impact in the, the nursery side of things. So, yeah, it really, it really was fact, yeah, on the, on the gardening side of things. You, you work in an industry, though, where you kind of have to see what you're buying. It's not one of those things where you can have a look at a painting and go, yeah, well, I'll get one of those. You really kind of have to see the plant or the or the the, the veggie or whatever. To, to, did, did that have an impact on your business? 
Yeah, and that's where we say we had to think a little bit differently. So one of the things that we thought at that period of time was um, WhatsApp. So allowing sort of a video conferencing with with the customer. So we got a couple of mobile handsets at that period of time, and we're able to contact customers on a on a on a video call, so to speak. So we could provide them some sort of understanding of what they were purchasing, because that is the most difficult thing when you're talking about plants and you know, online stores and and that is people see a picture and then when they receive it sometimes not meeting their expectations. Yep. So that was um that was one way that we we sort of thought about how we could somewhat show the show the customers exactly what they were purchasing. What was the reaction from your customers to that sort of uh, retailing? Um I think well, I think I hope it was the same for many other businesses, but I think a lot of people were more patient and understanding of what we had to do. So as long as we, I believe we are trying to make an effort to, to still create a great customer experience in that period of time. So they were more grateful of the avenues we were going to to make that happen than probably being frustrated about the process. Yeah, um, it's a it's a far cry, isn't it? From you know back in the the late seventies, where the business started out of sort of virtually out of uh, I guess your your parents' um, shed uh, to to where it's at today. It's amazing. Uh, you're not wrong. It started as a sort of backyard operation, really, on what everyone knows now as um, our very busy old Geelong Road um, in Hoppers Crossing. So um, it's really. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great story our our business from where it started to to where it is today, um, and it's funny enough that my grandparents still live in the only house on Old Geelong Road up the road where it all started. So. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they'll ever move. <laughs> well, no, and good on them too. Uh, it's yeah. the home is home is where you are, and that's a, that's a really important, obviously, thing for them. Some of the stuff that you've you've learned out of the uh, out of the COVID experience, Samuel. How much of the, how much of that will stay within the business now as you as you head into the into the let's hope post COVID nineteen future? Oh, a lot, definitely a lot. Um, we probably don't use the language internally that oh, we'll go back to how it was. Um, we're always looking for the the future and, and what we can do better as a business anyway and I think like I said just before you know with COVID it just made us probably act on the things that we were thinking of planning you know maybe in a year or two just really bringing that forward 12 months so a lot of those things that we implemented will, will stay now for, for our business for years to come. Is it is it a business that uh, that is because of the nature of the business, and I guess in many ways the nature of many of your your clients that it's got a bit of old style thinking about it that you've had to kind of snap out of. <laughs> oh well, we we are a family a family run business, so um, I think it's also a generational thing these days. Um, a lot of I do hear a lot of the talk internally of the old school and the new school way of things, but I think you know, when when you do have a family business that some really good discussions that go on in closed doors. I can I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where you where you call a spade a shovel and uh, and and move on to the next thing. Well, sometimes yeah, sometimes the moving on takes an extra couple of days, but we're all good. <laughs> hey, uh, I know that you, you you're doing the um, the innovate to regenerate uh, plan that uh, the Wyndham Council that that program. What uh, what attracted you to doing that? Um, I'm always one, and our business is always one to learn new things. So. To me, I actually didn't really know what to expect, and I'm I'm really grateful that I gave, got given the opportunity from the team there to, to be part of it because we've really taken a lot away from the program itself, which just completed. I'm 
crucial last week. So it was just that 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 that's what drew me, just another opportunity to learn to learn more. And with the growth side of things, I know we've been around for four years, but it's still it's still part of our mindset about what we can do to continue to grow. Um, whether that be on the sites that we're currently operating on, or you know expanding in what we currently do, or even go on to, to further sites down the track. Were there business sort of uh, tips and and helpful hints that you got out of the out of the program that uh, that you've taken with you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, a number of the the number of things that we worked on are things that again will stay in our business and probably transform a number of things. Or oh, I said in a family business, there's sometimes not a great deal of structure besides the family members, and you know you work your way down from there. But these, these things here that we will take away really revolve around our structure and then being able to, to put in place really some key accountabilities to our structure for people to, to really buy into our our story and what we stand for. Yeah, because one of the things that uh, is the beautiful thing about a business like uh, like All Green Nursery is that is that it is a family business and it has that family culture, that family character about it, uh, which is one yeah. thing I'm, I'm sure you never want to lose. No, definitely not. And that, that, is, that is difficult when you're talking about you know, old school and, and new school, so to speak, is, yeah. Yeah. is that is definitely one of the things that you don't want to lose. So for, for us as a, as a family, it's really, it's really trying to engage our, our team and our staff in, in what we're about and what our story is and what, what we really value. So um, that's, that's huge to, to have those things, have those, those team members buy into what your beliefs are is, is it's a pretty special feeling when you can see that starting to happen. COVID's had a lot of downside, but one of the upsides of what COVID's done to us as a, as a group of people is that it's made us think again about what's important. And I think that's something in a business sense that has been a good thing that's come out of COVID. Have you noticed that from your point of view? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that, that like you say, it does it does make you reflect on what, what is important. And from, from day dot, when we first started hearing murmurs, I suppose, of going into lockdown. Obviously, it was a very uncertain time for everybody. Was front and centre again for us was the importance of making sure that our team, our our people, got through this and survived. So it really hit hard then when you, you start to you, know, you, you not take for granted, so to speak, what goes on, but you're reflecting on the impact that you can have on on your on your team members, and that that really hit a lot of us in our leadership group in that period of time having conversations about, you know, reduction of hours. So, it, it, yeah, it really hit home. And I guess that uh, brings that mental well-being of, of, you know, people having a place that they're connected to, not only just where they actually go and work and, and get a paycheck, but where they actually do have a connection with it that it means something to them. Yeah, very important. Very important for us. Um, and we're continuing to always work on that and work on better ways to, to having people Engaged. Um, it, it's not. It's not an easy task sometimes by any stretch of the imagination. But you, if it's fun and mind for for us, that we're always trying to work on that. So yeah, we continue to 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 hopefully have um, as many people as we can on board. Just uh, just finally on the innovate to regenerate to, to program, uh, there was it's a combination of some one on one stuff, and I imagine it was uh, changed around with with the lockdowns with some Zoom stuff as well. But um, in terms of uh, what what would you tell people who are thinking about maybe becoming one of the businesses involved in the next uh, the next time this is run? Oh, 
if they if they're lucky enough to have the opportunity, definitely take it. There's, there's so much to be learned from it, not just on a business front, but I also learn a lot about myself in the program, which was something very unexpected. Um, not only that is the people that were involved in the program are all great business-minded people where you can learn so much from, even if they're not relevant to your industry or or business at all. So, yeah, I, I couldn't highly recommend the program itself and the people that led it were first class. Well, what did you find out about yourself in terms of, you mean, as your management style or the way you, you think about your business or was it those sort of areas that you uh, were enlightened yeah. about? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a couple of um, there's a couple of sort of uh, workshops in there that bring it back to how you may deal with certain situations. In in my leadership, in particular, that was what stood out for me. And then how you react to certain situations. Then it's probably something that I don't deal a great deal with very well in reflecting on how you you do handle situations. It just made me have to think about myself. And yeah, it was. It was good. The outcomes have been great from that, but um, yeah, more so just how you handle certain situations, and then understanding from other people's perspective as how that can be received. We're uh, we're in the middle of a very very bitterly cold little spell of, uh, of winter at the moment, uh, Samuel. What effects that have on people's winter veggies that they're growing at the moment, and all those sorts of things? Are we got to be careful with the, the frosts that are about and things. Oh, I always have to be careful of the frost and that in the garden, but. Um, I suppose this time of year, the, the advantage that um, well, the advantage is being able to sit at home and grab a load of firewood from us if um, that's <laughs> <laughs> cold. So <laughs> that's um, that's an advantage over the next few days, that's for sure. Uh, well, well, people sort of uh, wanting to when you know everyone decided that they'd spend some time in the garden because it was good for their health and because they had a bit of time on their hands during the during the lockdown situations. Um, what were they? Was it flowers? Was it veggies? Were people trying to? What was the what was the hot item if there was such a thing? Oh, it was really just a, it was a wide range of products. The, you know, the, the nursery was difficult because, like I said before, you, you need that touch and feel element of, of the plants, but it didn't deter people from buying. So it was there was a lot of plants walking out the door and then a lot of people just prepping their gardens as well. So getting their soil ready um, for planting, whether they re-mulching or you know, adding pebbles to their garden beds, maybe doing you know planter beds in that period of time, so getting prepared for when lockdown did stop um, to be able to come in and then purchase their plants. But it was a wide range of a wide range of things in on a retail front. Yeah, we um, we I mean it's a it's a young sort of area that uh, that you're that you're in in terms of uh, what top was crossing back in the mid seventies, early seventies, I guess it started. So. Uh, the area is relatively young. Is landscaping still a big, uh, big uh, sort of feature of what happens in the area? Oh, it's probably changed in regards to uh, landscaping. Go back twenty odd years ago, it used to be um, or bigger blocks at that period of time as well, where you did have a lot of local landscapers, and everyone knew each other back in those days, where the jobs were on a larger scale, and people really invested a fair bit of money into their gardens at that period of time, and that's not saying that people don't invest the same sorts of money into their landscaping these days, but we're talking smaller blocks. So with a lot of the house and land packages going on as well these days, it's sort of bundled up. So you don't have those bigger scale, I suppose, residential landscaping jobs happening like they used to in the in the past. Yeah, the old third of an acre type blocks. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, you still definitely get a lot of people that that's their dream home and they want to they want to have a garden that they're proud of and and come in and they go the the full deal with everything. So, has that been the the biggest change you've seen in the in in your time involved at the nursery? The sort of scaling down of the the size of properties and things. Um, oh, that's one. That's one aspect. I think the biggest in our industry would have to be the compliance side of things because uh, right. we've got a team sport business as well. So just all the compliance that goes with with businesses these days, um, and with a transport core compliant now is or core compliance is a is a huge factor, which then is a lot of paperwork and and admin slash tasks that need to go with that, um, and also in the nursery side of things. We're just talking about it this morning. Is just being prepared for more of the disease and pest control measures that the government might put in place over the coming years. We've noticed a real increase in in that side of things. Um, so probably on that side of um, our business, that's that's the biggest change. Those those compliance. Um, all part of OHS issues, I assume. A lot of them? Yeah, that will, that will fall into it too. So probably leading on from OH&S as what everyone would understand, that just the flow-on effect of these new, not not so much new, but these extra compliance measures that they're continuing to, to add in. We're more eco-friendly. That would have been one of the things that I imagine would, uh, would certainly have been a big change in the last sort of 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, absolutely, and it's continuing to be so. And um, I suppose that's where innovation comes into a number of people's thinking towards the future and how we can be more sustainable for for the environment. Um, that's that's fun in mind for, for us. We're, we're not probably where we, we want to be with that, but it's definitely on our radar to have teams involved in the in the very near future and um, about how we can be better in that, that aspect. Yeah. The other thing that obviously has changed enormously in the last 15 or 20 years is old Geelong Road itself. <laughs> Well, it's funny when I was saying before that my grandparents still live in the house here. When they when they first lived in that house, it was all farmland. So yeah. the whole old Geelong Road is where they used to farm. So it's definitely taken uh, <laughs> different shape in the forty odd years that they've they've been here. That's for sure. Yep. So from dirt road yep. to what is it, four lanes now, I think, and six lanes on Forsyth Road Bridge. So yeah. Pretty and, crazy, and about to see probably the biggest change with the uh, the you know the railway station uh, the the change there with the gates gone and all that that's going to be massive. Yeah, it will be, and you know, people have like I said had ups and downs with with COVID, but I can I'd I'd hate to think of what the traffic would have been like if they were trying to do what they're doing now with you know, a fully uh, free for all, I suppose, in the last twelve months because. Um, it's going to have a great impact on Old Geelong Road when they finalise it. Your spot there in Old Geelong Road has there ever been any thought of, of moving away and going to another area? I know you've got another uh, another uh, outlet in in Epping, but has there ever been any thoughts of moving out of the Hoppers Crossing area? No, I wouldn't say that's been a thought front of mind. That's for sure. But always looking at other opportunities. So you, know, you never know what what can happen in the future with with say this this site or any other site that we've currently got. So. Always keeping our eyes and uh, ears open to, to possible opportunity 
in the future, but we've got no intention of moving any time soon. Samuel, thanks so much for your time. The uh, the Frangipani name, very, very well known, obviously, in the business circles uh, in, the, in the city of Wyndham and has been for a long time and will be for a long time in the future. Appreciate your time having a chat with us on the Talking Wyndham podcast. Thank you. Thanks. My thanks to Samuel. Of course, business hopefully will be booming as we head towards uh, the end of the uh, 2021 year as we get out of this uh, financial year and head into uh, what's in store for the future. And of course, if you want to check out uh, what the Committee for Wyndham is all about uh, and how to become a member, how to sponsor this podcast, how to get involved in some of the great programs they have on offer, all you have to do is jump on the website, uh, great looking new website, and of course, all the uh, social media platforms as well. Hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, edition of the podcast. There are plenty more where you found this one, lots of others and lots of uh, interesting people, uh, events and also uh, some amazing things that are happening in the city of Wyndham you might not know about but you can discover through the Talking Wyndham podcast. So have a little uh, dive down that rabbit hole and see what comes up. Until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.